Hi, I'm Leanne Spencer, founder of Body Shop Performance Limited, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and your host. This is the Remove the Guesswork podcast, the show where I interview influential people in the health, fitness, and well-being space to bring you the latest ideas on how to optimize your mind, body, and well-being. Hi, welcome back to the show. I'm Leanne Spencer, and this is Insights, our short-form weekly podcast. I'm just back from an event that I've been hosting, a boardroom session in the City of London. And it was all about creating a culture of energy, vitality and performance and, and where well-being sat in amongst all of that. And we talked a bit in this event about what well-being is. And I thought it was worth sharing with you because some quite interesting insights came from that. And it's one of those terms that's used quite a lot at the moment, particularly in the context of business, but also, of course, for our personal well-being. And I don't know what that means to you. And I hadn't really given it a huge amount of thought, I suppose, as to what it means to me, but it would be something around being in a position where you can optimize your mind, body and well-being. It's about happiness. It's around good health. And brainstorming this out with some of the other people in the boardroom session today, we came up with some quite interesting stuff. So I want to share this with you and just just see if this resonates with you and if indeed that matches your definition of well-being. So to what degree are these things active in your life? And to what degree are they not? Maybe you need to to bring some of that stuff in. Uh, The first one that came up was being happy, which I think is probably a key part of anyone's definition of well-being. And again, we could draw out what exactly being happy means to you. For me, it's probably having all the things that we're about to list for you, but it's being in a good mental place. It's being satisfied with most elements of my life. At very least, it's about having a strong sense of purpose and also very strong core values. So my personal core values are to live truthfully, live considerately, and to suck the marrow out of life. Now, I've talked about those before on the podcast. And if I am meeting my values, and if most areas of my life are meeting my values, then I generally feel pretty happy. But I need to be moving a lot. That's a key part of my happiness. That helps my physical, but also my emotional and mental health. It's about having a strong sense of purpose and being in a role or in a career or a job that meets that sense of purpose. And there is a distinction really between a career and a job. They're two different things, but whichever you're in, you need to have a purpose and that job or or career needs to fulfill that purpose. And that I think is one reason why a lot of people struggle with wellbeing, that the thing they do most of for most of the hours of their week does not fulfill any sense of purpose and therefore does not make them happy. And I think that may be why we have such a problem with wellbeing and people's general happiness levels at the moment. So, well, happy was the first definition we got of of well-being. And the other was having time for self-care, not feeling burnt out brackets. And self-care could be a number of different things, couldn't it? It can be looking after yourself physically in terms of exercise, in terms of movement. Maybe it's massage. It might be some elements of beauty for you. It could also be time to yourself. It could be heartfulness, you know, that concept I've talked about before, whereby you have some sort of contribution where you give to others more time than money. Similarly, heartfulness is is very much about getting back to yourself and reconnecting with something you used to be passionate about, whether it was reading, sailing, writing, whatever, but bringing some aspect of that back into your life as well. So having time for self-care can definitely include that. It may just be taking five, 10 minutes out of your schedule to sit and be to meditate. I worked with somebody once who used to drive down to the local park where we used to meet. This is back in the days when I was a personal trainer. And I did say to her, you know, it's not very long, you know, you could jog down, it'd be a great warm up. And she said, well, 
I would, but when I get in the car, I can play a song that's all about what I want. It's not a kid's song. It's music that I enjoy. And in those three minutes, it takes, I can play a song. And that's why I drive down. I thought that was really interesting. So it's grabbing little pockets of time. Those of you without kids might think that's really sad. Can you not even get three minutes to yourself? But those of you with kids will know that three minutes can come at a premium. So that's a good example of self-care as well. And having the bandwidth to do something for yourself is a crucial part of well-being. Otherwise, we can just feel those convergent pressures of work home are squeezing us and squeezing us till we're on a hamster wheel of work, kids, chores, work, kids, chores, or whatever it might be. So I completely agree. That's a really good definition of well-being. The third one we came up with was flexibility. Now, to give you an example of that, there's a lot of flexibility in my schedule. In the summer, of course, we had a fantastic summer here in London and the UK. I was walking back from the office at around two or three in the afternoon, so really early. And I was going to come home, do some reading in the garden and then work again in the evening when the sun had gone in. And as I was making that very short walk between the office and home, I was really, really at a moment of gratitude. that Not only do I have that flexibility in my schedule, but that's really what I left the city for, to have more flexibility, to be able to say, actually, it's two in the afternoon. I'm looking out this gorgeous weather through these huge windows in our office and I'm not feeling it. I just want to get back and, and have a bit of time in the sun. And thankfully, I've got this blended lifestyle now that permits that. But flexibility is really important. And for you, if you don't work for yourself, it might just be being able to get up and, and take a 10 minute break without anybody saying, where are you? It may be having a little bit of flexibility over whether you work at home or whether you work from an office or flexibility around your schedule so that you can make it work for you. And if you don't work for a company that permits that, they probably won't be competing very much longer with other organizations because the future of business is going to be much more around well-being of the employees. And that is going to include flexibility and the point that I'm going to talk about next, actually, which is autonomy. And, you know, to coming back to that walk I was doing from, from the office to home, having the autonomy to get up and say, I'm not feeling it, I can sit here, which I would have done in my old life, in my city career, I'd have sat there tapping away doing something till five o'clock and then I'd have been up and out that door like a shot. But of course, I don't have to do that anymore. So having a more autonomy in a role and more autonomy in your life as well, feeling like you're in control of something is a huge aspect of well-being. Now, some of the one-to-one coaching clients that we work with, one of the things that really affects them is that lack of autonomy. It's feeling like you're not in control of your life. So that's a key aspect. And, you know, as a takeaway, I'd encourage you just to look at your life and think, are there areas where I can be more autonomous? Do I have to, to sort of kowtow to the various different people in my life? Or can I take a little bit more control of this and put a little bit more flexibility into my schedule as well? And that's really crucial if you've got a very, very busy schedule and you're sort of you've got a lot on, just trying to put some flexibility, building in micro breaks into your schedule, for example, where it can act as a buffer if something overruns, or if it doesn't, you've got five, you've got 10, you've got 15 minutes. I worked with a client who in a very, very senior position in, in the finance and tech sector in London, and she would end every meeting by putting half an hour in her diary. And quite often she would go and sit and knit. But it doesn't matter what you do, knitting for her was quite meditative and it allowed her to reflect on what had gone on in these various meetings. And she was operating at one of the highest levels you can in, in finance and banking. It gave her that bandwidth to reflect so she could think about the meeting, think about her next steps, reflect with time to do that. So that's another key one, autonomy. The next one we came up with is the feeling of being listened to. And I think this is a crucial part of well-being. If we feel we're not being listened to, if we feel that we, 
we don't make any sort of contribution, we're not valued, it's crucial that we have that feeling in order to feel happy and have a sense of well-being. So that was one I thought was very interesting. Having a voice is essentially what we're saying there. And then the last one is all about trust, which I think probably encapsulates a lot of what we've talked about. If you're listened to and you have autonomy and flexibility and you have built in time for self-care, then there's trust, trust in yourself. Other people have trust in you as well, that you'll get your job done. Not just job in a sort of the work sense, but the other things that we have to do in life. And if you do all of that and you have all of that, you're going to be happy. So really interesting definitions of well-being. I'd, I'd love to know what well-being means to you. Perhaps you could put a comment in on the, or send an email into Leanne, L-E-A-N-N-E at bodyshopperformance.com. Or if you're listening to this on the back of a Facebook post or something, put something in the, the Facebook post comment section. I'd love to hear what your definition of well-being is and exactly what does it mean to you and how do you maintain a high sense of or high level of well-being in your own life. For me, it's very much about movement, which encapsulates structured exercise sessions, but lots of daily life movement. It's about heartfulness, so contribution and doing things that I really love and that are all about me, not necessarily in a selfish sense. It's about spending time with animals. It's about having a very strong sense of purpose and really clearly defined values that I live by. It's about connection, social connection, bonding. It's about community as well. It's about having lots of things. So I like quite a few plates spinning as well, which we have quite a lot of at the moment. And I like the feeling of having quite a few projects on to get my teeth into. I'm a dog that likes a bone to chew on. So that's also a key part of my well-being. But anyway, share with me what your sense of well-being is and how you fulfill it. Really love to hear that. And I'll talk to you very soon. Interested in finding out what your health IQ is? Jump on our website, www.bodyshotperformance.com and click on take the test. It'll take you through to a short two to three minute test. And at the end of that, you'll get a scorecard and a free 39 page report based on our six signals, sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion, and fitness. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please think of someone who could really benefit from the content and hit that share button and send it across to them. And of course, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. Thank you very much for listening.